Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's open up with a word of prayer. Continue to remember our nation and continue to remember each other and uh, remember all the lost and uh, all those that are out in sin. Let's, Let's really... Get them up on our heart and mind and really pray for them that uh, some way, somehow, that uh, they will give their heart and life to God. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another day. And I thank you, Lord, for another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of the podcast. God, I thank you for this podcast. And I pray, God, that you will just bless it. God, and just use it for your glory, dear God, that you, for the uplifting of your kingdom. Lord, that you would just help someone in some way, dear God, and plant a seed, dear God. And the Lord, after the seed is planted, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just send someone, dear Lord, to water it and to nurture it, dear God. God, I pray, Lord, that you just have your way and be with our nation, dear God, and be with our leaders, our our president, dear God, our president-elect. Lord, just be with them, and dear God, and just lead and guide them in the direction that you would have them to go. And Lord, I just praise you and I glorify you for it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going we're going to be in the thirty first chapter of Numbers today, and we're going to go about this a little different. I'm going to back up. Uh, I always liked uh, my Saturdays off and my and my Sundays because I have more time in the morning to study and to uh, look things up and uh, as I was studying this morning uh, and yesterday morning uh, but really this morning as I was studying I I found out some things that I I hadn't put together and I want to bring those uh, bring those out but uh, in verse 30 uh, chapter 30 and the Lord spake unto Moses saying Avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites. After that, afterward, thou shalt be gathered unto thy people. And Moses spoke unto the people, saying, Arm some of yourselves unto the war, and let them go against the Midianites, and avenge the Lord of Midian, Midianites. So now then, the Lord has told Moses he's he's reiterated all the. The different uh, offerings and and things and uh, that they need to to be doing and they need to keep. And now then, he told Moses. He well, he'd already told Moses that you know that it's time for him to be gathered unto the, his people. In other words, he told Moses he's going to die. And so now then, he he's telling Moses. He said, "Avenge the men, avenge Israel of the Midianites." Uh, so. They are going to war with them. Now then, I want to I want to go back and, and and look at some things that I found out. But the Moabites and the Mennonites, all they were um, a tight knit group of people. They they worked together on everything. And uh, if we go back to uh, uh, the. Numbers, I forgot where I was at. Numbers chapter 22. Uh, if we remember, this is when Moab, um, which is Mo- now Moab, 
he was uh, Lot's daughter, uh, or Lot's daughter's son by incest. In other words, it was his daughter, and I, it was uh, also his son because uh, when they come out of the land of uh, Sodom, they they didn't leave everything that they should have in Sodom. They brought some of it with them, and they went into the mountains to live. And the two daughters, the oldest one especially, to went to the youngest one and told the youngest one, you know, basically put in my own words, said, we don't have anyone to carry on our father's name, so we need to get with our father and uh, bear him children, and that way he will have a son to carry on his, his name. And they did. And they got their father drunk, and the oldest one slept with him uh, one night, and the youngest one slept with him the next night, and they both became pregnant. And uh, the oldest daughter had Moab, uh, who is uh, father or the the, uh, the father of the Moabites, and he and the youngest daughter had Ben Ami, uh, which is of the Amorite. Uh, the the Amorites came from him, and they uh, and if we look back, Balak or Balaam, yeah, Balak. Which is uh, was over was king of uh, the Amorite. Uh, let me read that. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licketh up grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. So Balak, the king of the Moabites, he went to Midian and he told Midian, he said, we need to do something. We need, we need to have a collaboration here, and we need to go out against Israel. We need to figure out some way to defeat them. So they come up with this idea to go get Balaam. I don't know how that they knew Balaam, or that, that uh, he had been there and, and done something before, but they they knew that Balaam, whatever he cursed was cursed and whatever he blessed was blessed. Little did they know that he was just basically telling what the Lord was telling him was going to happen. He, he didn't do it himself. He, had, he did not have the power to bless anyone or curse anyone. It was just... Um, soothsaying. In other words, he he was just telling what God was telling him. But anyway, Balak or Balaam lived uh, about a two weeks journey from Moab. It was about four hundred miles. Now then, it, when when they uh, got together and they said, "Yeah, well, let's send after him, and he'll come and he'll curse the Israelites." And the elders in in uh, twenty two and seven. The elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. So they took the rewards, whatever it may be, in money or whatever, and they they went. They started on a journey to see Balaam. 
Took them two weeks to get there. So they stayed overnight. Balaam told them that, you know, that he basically did that. There's nothing he could do. He could not curse them. All he could do was tell, do what the Lord wanted him to do and say what the Lord wanted him to say, and that was all he could do. So they left and they came back. So that's two more weeks. So that's almost a month. So then Balak and the Midnights, they got together again. And they sent a little bigger reward and, and all this. And they went back to see Balaam. So it's another two weeks. So this time Balaam come back with them. So there's two weeks back. So this is eight weeks that has went by while the children of Israel is in this plain next to Moab. And Moab is, uh, he's, he's worried. He's really worried. He's really scared. He, he is a he knows at any time that Israel could rise up and come against him, and there was nothing that he could do. So he he was still worried, and Balak and when Balak or Balaam came, Balaam didn't curse the people; he blessed them because well, that's what the Lord told him to do, and he got mad. Well, evidently Balaam never did go back home. Um. Either one of two things happened. Uh, he either didn't go back home or he moved there. Because as we go on in um, verse 31, as we go on, we're going to find out that Moses took uh, a thousand people out of each one of the tribes. So that's 12,000 people to go to war against the Mennonites. And he went to war against the Mennonites with these 12,000 people. And he went out and he defeated them. And he slew all the kings of uh, Mennonite. And he slew all the males. And the kings were, uh, if I can get these names right, you know men in names in the Bible. Evi, Rechem, Zer, Her, Reba and Reba. These are the five kings and Balaam also, the son of Beor. They slew with a sword. So they killed all the kings plus Balaam. So Balaam either didn't go back at the, at when he, when he was supposed to or he came back. I don't know which one it was. See, uh, the Bible don't tell us everything that went on. It, it gives you a little bit of room to to think about things and maybe use your own imagination. Uh, I, we don't know exactly what happened when Balaam got there to, to the Mennonites. We don't know uh, what that he was promised. We don't know what that they actually paid him when he got there. Um, I know that Balak was very mad because that he didn't, uh, cursed the Israelites and, and he, he basically ran him off, but he, and, and, and the Bible says he went back. Uh, where was that? He went, he went back and blessed him and, and let me find that right quick. And Balaam rose up and went and returned to his place. And Balak also went his way. Now, it doesn't say where his place was at. It just said return to his place. 
And there again, we don't know what the agreement was between Balak and Balaam for him to go out and to curse the Israelites. But Balaam has already told him several times that he could only do and only say what the Lord would have him do and what the Lord would have him to say. So we don't know what was going on there. But we do know that when Israel went out against the Mennonites and he slew all the Mennonites and everything, they also slew Balaam. And let's see. And being being Ami, he was uh, the father of the Amorites. And that is found in Deuteronomy 23, 1 through 4, if you want to read about the Amorite. But um, then after they went and they slew all the kings of Midian, and they they come back, uh, they burnt the whole city and everything, but of course they took their spoil. They took all the gold and the brass and the silver, and they brought that back with them. But they brought back the women also and all the children. And when... Uh, when they went out to, when uh, Moses and uh, went out to meet them, they Moses got upset. I'm going to start reading in uh, verse 9. And the children of Israel took all the women of Midian captives and their little ones and took the spoil of all their cattle and all their flocks and all their goods. And they burned all their cities whereon, wherein they dwelt and all their goodly castles with fire. And they took all the spoil and all the prey, both of men and of beasts, and they brought the captives and the prey and the spoil unto Moses and Elzar the priest and unto the congregation of the children of Israel unto the camp of the, at the plains of Moab, which are by Jordan near Jericho. And Moses and Elzar the priest and all the princes of the congregation went forth to meet them without the camp. And Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and the captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have ye saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel, through the counsel of Balaam, to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor, and there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. All right, now then, like I say, I don't have any Bible to back this up, but from what I'm reading, it, it, it seems to me like that Balaam had gotten, um, had figured out a way to get to the children of Israel. And he is uh, the one that instigated all these uh, Mennonite prostitutes coming to the children of the men of Israel and uh, seducing them and having them to eat things that were uh, offered to their idol, and then they uh, and and they at uh, at a certain time they started worshiping their idols. So they 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 got them to come over to their side and start wor worshiping their idols. And Balaam was the one that, that was instigated this. So 
They, this is why Balaam was killed, and this is why that Moses was so wroth, so angry, when the children, when the army got back to the camp because they had brought these women, the ones that Balaam had used to seduce the men of Israel, they had brought them back with them. And now then, here we are, it's like deja vu. Here's all these women that seduced all these men, and here they are again. It's like, you know, we're going to bring you back into the uh, into the camp, and we're going to start all over again. And Moses told him, said, that ain't going to happen. He said, there's, there's going to have to be something done about this. So now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones, and kill every woman that hath known man by lying with him. But all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him, keep alive for yourselves. All these women that has had sex with a man, kill them. Don't, don't spare them. Take them out somewhere and, and get rid of them. All of them that hasn't had sex with a man, you can keep for yourselves. And all the the uh, women, children, or female children, you can keep them. But all the male children, no matter how old or how young they are, you're going to take their lives. You know, they, sometimes these things that the Lord has Israel to do sounds... Uh, uh, a little far-fetched and, and uh, immoral or whatever, but there's a reason why that God has has people had the people to do these. You know, all these women they they had seduced the men at one point in time, and if they kept them, would probably do it again. All the men children uh, they would have grown up, and they would. Uh, but probably be taught their roots by the women and they would end up uh, going right back and doing the same thing that uh, their ancestors did before the war. So the Lord had the Lord had reason for doing this and so did Moses. And Moses knew exactly what would happen and knew exactly what was going on. Listen, there's things in our life that we need to get rid of. There's things in our life that we are playing around with. I'm talking to us children of God. There's things in our life that we are playing around with that we need to get rid of, uh, you know, and, and we need to quit doing them. And praise the Lord. You know, we need to, to trust in the Lord that he knows exactly what's going on. You know, I've heard a lot, I've heard so many people talk about the Lord convicting them of doing something and the one thing that comes to my mind, I've heard, I've heard several people talk about the Lord convicted them for watching the Andy Griffith show. And you know, that's one of the most family oriented shows that there is on TV, but yet the Lord told the people said, don't, don't watch that no more. And they can't understand why. And they may never understand why, but the thing about it is, is it is better for them not to understand why than to keep on doing it and disobeying God and find out just exactly what is what is going to happen to them because they did this thing. And see if they'd left those women and the men children alive, it would have been a curse later on down the road from them. 
And it would it may have been a worse curse than it was the first time. So the Lord knows exactly what's going on. He can see into the future. He knows exactly the road that we're traveling, and he also knows that there's pitfalls and stumbling blocks out there that he wants to get rid of, so he tells us to quit doing things that we 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 can't understand why, but he knows all about why. And he knows exactly what's going to happen if we keep doing those things. So he will, he will, the old saying is he will nip it in the bud and he will, he will get us to quit doing those things before it ever gets to the point to where it becomes a curse to us. And that's what he's trying to get the children of Israel to understand. And, and, you know, they basically went out with the, um, knowledge that they were to kill everyone but they did not do that and as we go on we're going to find out that they get in a lot of trouble and that's the reason why that the things that are going on in the in the middle east right now is because that of the things that the children of israel did when they were on their trek into the promised land and they disobeyed god and because of that, there is continual war over there. And there, and all the people that are at war are against the Israelites or against Jerusalem, against the Jews, because of the things that they did many thousands of years ago or didn't do. Let's put it that way. Because of the things that they didn't do. So they got in trouble for those things. And now they're they're paying for it, and their their ancestors are paying for it. Uh, verse nineteen. This is purification of the soldiers. Now you remember, anybody that is one of the uh, uh, things that um, the ordinances that the Lord put to Moses was anyone who had slain a person or who had touched a dead body or who was around a dead body, they were unclean for seven days. Then they had to go in on the third day and they had to, to be uh, washed with this water of purification and they had to be washed again on the seventh day with this water of purification. Then they, was, then they were fine. They could go into the camp. They were clean. Verse 19. And do ye abide without the camp seven days? Whatsoever hath killed any person, or whatsoever hath touched any slain, purify both yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. And purify all your raiment, and all that is made of skins, and all work of goats, hair, and all things made of wood. And Elzar the priest said unto the men of war which went to the battle, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold and the silver, the brass, the iron, the tin, and the lead, everything that may abide the fire, ye shall make it go through the fire, and it shall be clean. Nevertheless, it shall be purified with the water of separation, and all that abideth by not, uh, all that, and all that abideth not the fire, ye shall make go through the water, and ye shall wash your clothes on the seventh day, 
and ye shall be clean, and afterward ye shall come into the camp. Now then, there's a, we just got back from war. Now then, it's going to be seven days before they can go back into the camp, before they can see their family and see everyone, because they have to go through a purification, because they kill someone, and because they uh, touched a, a dead person. Even their captives have to go through this. Remember, all the ordinances and everything that Moses handed down to the people were not only for the children of Israel, but it was anybody that wanted to be associated and be around the children of Israel had to go through the same thing. It It didn't matter if they were a free person that was there of their own free will or if it was a servant or bond person or whatever, if they wanted anything to do with the children of Israel, they had to go through this same thing. They had to abide by the same rules and the same laws that the children of Israel did. Now then, I know we, we get into, we're getting into so many things right now of, of black lives matter and blue lives matter and this life matters and that life matters. But let me tell you something, when it comes right down to it, there's only two, two types of people in this world and that's the saved and the unsaved. When we, can, when we can get it into our mind that that's the only two people in this world and we need to be concerned with both of them because they are our neighbors and we need to pray for them and we need to help them <clears throat> as much as we can because that's what the Bible tells us to do. We are to be our brother's keepers. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, you know, there's so many different rules. But if we take the Ten Commandments and we apply them to our life and we do the Ten Commandments, we're, we're in good shape. We're in good standing with the Lord. Even though every once in a while we may, we may break one of them, God will, all we have to do is ask for forgiveness and God will restore us back to where we were. But they had to keep these ordinances. And we have, there's ordinances in our life. If we're going to make it to heaven, there's, there's ordinances in God's word that we're going to have to stick to. And, you know, one of, the, one of the main ones that worries me the most is it says, come out from among the world and be you a separated people. When you give your heart and life to God, you are to become a different person. And you are to put away all those worldly things that was in your life. You are to do away with those and quit doing those things. If you don't put away those worldly things and you continue to do those worldly things, you are not going to make it into heaven. You are going to have to become a different person. You are going to have to become a peculiar person if you intend on making it into heaven. I mean, that's, that's, that's Bible. Study it. Study your Bible. That's Bible. I don't care what preachers tell you. I don't care what your uh, friends tell you. That's Bible. And yes, you can fall from grace. And yes, you can be a Christian and live up till five minutes before you uh, die and reject God and you will die and go to hell. I don't care what anybody tells you. That's just, I mean, you know, we have, we have, 
as children of God, we have got so many preachers anymore that's telling us that we can live however that we want to live, and it's all right, we're going to go to heaven, when it's not all right. We have got to live a strict life. We have got to get back to the old past and walk therein, back to those times when sin was sin and hell was hot, and we got to get back to those points, or we're not going to make it in through those pearly gates, so... You know, we need we need to really take a spiritual checkup and we need to take a spiritual inventory and we need to figure out just exactly where it is that we stand with the Lord or we might be left out one of these days. And we'll be sitting around trying to figure out what's going on, why we ain't there. Because we have we have sat around on the Lord and we have basically done what we want to and we think we're all right and we're going to go to heaven and when we're not. So we need, we need to really take, take time to sit down and to figure out just exactly where we stand with the Lord. But he said, I want you to take everything. And it's, it's got to be washed with this water of separation and the stuff that will go through the fire all the all the brass, all the metals, and all that thing said you run, you take it through the fire, and then you take and wash it with the water of separation. All the things that won't make it through the fire, you got to wash all that with the water of separation. Your clothes, the wood, things like that, rubber, anything like that 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 will not last in the fire, you have got to to take that and wash it with the water of separation. And then you've got you got to do this twice. You got to do this on the third day, and you got to do this on the seventh day. Then you will be allowed to come into the to the the camp, and you will be clean. But we, you know, we really we really need to take take the time to sit down and do a a spiritual checkup. Take, sit down with God's word. Think of some of the things that we have been doing, and we need to ch to to see just exactly what God's word says about it. There's there is a a two list in the Bible. There is a list of the things that uh, the they call them the fruits of the spirit, and then there is a list of things that uh, are not the fruit of the spirit that are from Satan himself. And those are the things that will send you to hell. And, and let me tell you something. When you really sit down and you get to looking at those lists, you're going to figure out that you might need to change some of the things that you're doing because, you know, I, I tell you what, now I looked, I, I sat down and I looked over the list and I've had to change some things that I'm doing. And Sunday school lesson, if you all took the time to listen to last Sunday Sunday school lesson, it's 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 something to think about because there's some things that I've been doing that uh, I've had to ask God to forgive me for, and I'm having to make some changes. And, you know, because the biggest worry I have is doing the best that I can for the Lord and keeping something uh, hidden or keeping something in my heart and it keep me out of heaven. That's what worries me the most because it don't take just, there's not any sin, any sin, not one little 
speck of sin going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So if you have any sin whatsoever in your life, you're not going to make it into heaven. And I, that's, that's, that's the way it is. Division of the spoils. This is the division of the things that the children of Israel bought, brought back from the uh, victory over the Midianites. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the sum of the prey that was taken both of man and of beast, thou and Elzar the priest, and the chief fathers of the congregation, and divide the prey into two parts. Between them that took the war upon them who went out to battle, and between all the congregation. And levy a tribute unto the Lord of the men of war which went out to battle, one soul of five hundred, both of the persons, and of the beasts, and of the asses, and of the sheep. Take it of their half, and give it unto Elzar the priest for a heave offering of the Lord. And of the children of Israel's half, thou shalt take one portion of fifty of the persons, of the beeves, of the asses, and of the flock, and of all manner of beasts, and give them unto the Levites, which keep the charge of the tabernacle of the Lord. And Moses and Elzar the priest did as the Lord commanded. And he said, all right. So here's here's the way this is going to be divvied up. He said, first of all, we're going we're going to have a tribute to the Lord. The Lord's going to get His part first of all. Children of God, when you get your check, the first thing that you should do before you do anything, the first thing you should do. Is write that check out or pay your tithes. Whichever, however you pay your tithes, that should be the first thing that you do before you do anything else. Pay your tithes. Give your 10% to the Lord. Remember, all the money that you just received for doing your work, God gave you, gave you it in the first place. Now then, just take a part of what he has given you and give it back to him. That way, listen, when we pay our tithes, that takes care of things in the church. That takes care of the pastors. That takes care of the electricity and the, and the water and the heat and the air and all the other different things that is needed for the running of the church, uh, all your Sunday school supplies and different things like that. That's what, that's what pays those bills for that. If we don't pay our 10% to the Lord, the Lord will get it from you one way or the other. I promise you he will. And we need to give that. And we don't need to give that like I, I have got to give this to the Lord. It should We should give that freely with a, a glad heart and, and be the happiest people in the world that we are able to give that to the Lord because of what he has given us. You know, we it's it's not something that we have to do, even though the Lord tells us we we need to, we're supposed to, but he wants us to give it to him freely and gladly. And that's what we need to do. You know, it it 
it's not uh, it's not something that is a a heartache or a pain or or anything like that to do if if God tells you to give something to somebody, give it to them and 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 be happy about it that you're able to give that to them but and God will bless you for it. I'm, I guarantee you if you will if you will do it and you will keep quiet about it and not broadcast it, God will bless you. And it's just like the the uh, God talking about the prayer, and He's talking about the uh, Pharisees, and they they stand on the street corners and they they pray uh, big long prayers and everything, and um, when they fast, they they disfigure their face and they let everybody know what they're doing and they like to pray big prayers with big words and so everybody can see and hear them and, and uh, brag on them and uh, how well they, they can pray and all this stuff. That's the only reward that they will ever receive for doing all that stuff. It's the only reward. You know, some of my biggest blessings came to me when I'd done the least amount of something for somebody and nobody else knew it but me and that person. Well, my wife. But we never said nothing to nobody. We we give. The Lord tells one of us to give so-and-so something, and we take him, we give it to him, and nobody ever knows no nothing about it. And the Lord will bless you more for those things than when the when the times when you give and you want to want everybody to know exactly what you gave and and who you gave it to. That's that's not the way the Lord said. He said do it. He said those things we do in secret will be rewarded openly. So you know we're we're not really doing them in secret. For God knows exactly what we's doing because he told us to do it in the first place. And the booty, being the rest of the prey which the men of war had caught, was 600,070,500 sheep, and threescore and 12,000 beeves, and threescore and 1,000 asses, and 30 and 2,000 persons in all of women that had not known man by lying with him. And the half which was the portion of them that went out to war was in number 300,730,500 ,700 sheep. And the Lord's tribute of the sheep was 603 score and 15. And the beeves were 30 and 6,000 of which the Lord's tribute was three score and twelve. And the asses were thirty thousand and five hundred, of which the Lord's tribute was three score and one. And the persons were sixteen thousand, of which the Lord's tribute was thirty and two persons. Now this is, this all these, this stuff that says of the Lord, all this went to Elzar. Elzar gave this to the Levites, and this and this they used for their purpose because they 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 didn't go to war, they didn't grow gardens, uh, they didn't do all the other things, they didn't go out and gather in food or anything like that. Their job was a tabernacle, 
and the priest taking care of the tabernacle and taking care of the priest. And that was their only job. And that's the Lord told Moses, that's all they were going to do. And that nothing else. That was it right there. Take care of the tabernacle, take care of the priest, do whatever they needed them to do. And that's what they done. They didn't go to war. They didn't fight. They didn't have any land. They didn't have, uh, anything like that because the Lord had set them aside solely for uh, the care uh, and ministering of the temple and the ministering of the priest. So all the stuff that came in, there was a tribute of that that went to them just because the Lord had set them aside to do nothing else but the tabernacle. And the Lord, Lord had blessed him, and they they received uh, a lot of livestock. And they received a lot of different things, all for their personal use, that they may be sustained and they may thrive, and they may have what they need to minister unto the tabernacle and unto the priest. Unless you know, the Lord will take care of us. There's nothing that is impossible with him, even though that we think that there is no way that the Lord can take care of a problem we have. It doesn't matter what it is. He can take care of it. I have seen him move in my life in so many ways when there is no possible way. I cannot see any way to come out ahead. I cannot see any way for something to happen in my life. And all of a sudden, everything just falls into place like it was meant to be, and I haven't done nothing but turned it all over to the Lord. You know, we we struggle sometimes because that we do not turn everything over to the Lord. We we say we do, but then we go back and we pick it up because we don't understand that there's nothing impossible with God, and we don't understand fully that God can do anything. He, there's nothing that's impossible with God. He can do anything. And we, what we need to do is we need to trust him, have faith in him, leave it alone, get a walk away from it and let the Lord work and he can work and he can do things that we, there's no possible way to be done. He has proved it time and time and time again in my life and he will bless us. And, you know, we do so little for someone who has done so much for us. If the Lord never did anything for me the rest of my life, I would never be able to repay him for Calvary, much less everything else that he's ever done for me. There's no possible way. So when he tells me I need to give him 10% of my money, I need to give him 10% of my time, I need to give him 10% of everything I own. I'm going to do that however I can because I done told the Lord, Lord, whatever I've got, if I can't use it for your glory, I don't need it. I don't want it. You you need to you need some way for other, for me not to be able to use it, not have it or whatever because if I can't use it for your glory, I don't need it because that's the thing about it. He does so much for us, but yet we do so little for him. 
because that we we think that he is just supposed to hand everything to us on a silver platter and us do nothing but sit around and wait for it. I'm afraid if you wait for a lot of things, you'll be waiting for a long time. You know, I know salvation is free. It's a free gift from God. He gave it to us freely. He went to that cross freely. He took our sins upon him freely. He gives us salvation freely. Now then, we are to to put on the whole armor of God. We are to go out and fight a good fight. And we are to press toward the mark. And we are to run the race with patience. These are things that all has to do with doing something. We have to do something for the Lord. We have to praise the Lord. We have to go to church. We have to love our neighbors. We have to help our neighbors in whatever way that we can. Be that one that they can lean on. Be that one that they can call up anytime and and uh, you can pray with them. Be that one that everybody else can count on. Sure, you're going to get used and there's people that's going to take advantage of you, but that's all right. They did Jesus the same way, and you are no better than him. And if you if you really have a desire to work for the Lord, the Lord will bless you no matter what. And you, and you can't outgive him. There's no way you can't outgive him. But God is so good. He took care of the Israelites for over 40 years in the desert. He he kept them uh, he kept water for them. He kept food for them. He kept clothes for them. He kept everything that they needed. They they had everything they needed, not everything they wanted. They had everything they needed in the wilderness to sustain them and to help them to thrive. Now then, children of God, it's our turn to trust God, have faith in the Lord, to understand and to know that he'll do the same for us. All we have to do is put our life in his hands. I thank you all for listening today, and I hope you all got something out of this. And until next time, God bless you.